Hey there, you're listening to Ghost Notes, the podcast where we talk about music inside and out. My name is Noah, but you probably know me better as Polyphonic. And I'm Corey, and you probably know me as Twelve Tone. And before we get into the topic, I do want to mention uh, this is our third birthday. Hey! Is, uh, we've been doing this for three years now, That's for some crazy. reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't think we're not planning to do a whole like a, a big thing for this episode because we just did a completely unhinged thing for yes. the 50th episode. Yeah. So apologies to anyone who listened to that. But <laughs> uh, apologies <laughs> to anyone who listened to all 50 episodes, especially like yeah. in, including just, yeah. that. Just yeah, apologies to everyone. Yeah. Just every person. Generally. You know. Yeah. yeah. We're sorry. But yeah, I guess uh, today we are going to talk about music videos. Yeah, which is a topic that, frankly, when you suggested it, I, I was very shocked that we hadn't talked about it before because it's yeah <laughs> might come as some surprise as someone who both loves music and loves um, making videos. I'm actually a bit of a music video fan. Having seen your work, I never would have called that. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> Did you have any particular angles on music videos? Do we need to start with what a definition of music videos are? It's it is pretty easy, but it's, it, it, there is actually yeah. some funny stuff there. <laughs> yeah, let's. I mean, because because you know, there's stuff like lyric videos as well, and I, I think are music videos, but I think aren't really framed. I don't know. It's complicated. Yeah, I would call I would call lyric videos a subgenre of music videos. Yeah, I love lyric videos. Yeah, they just they often get branded differently yeah. from bands. Like they'll put out like the official lyric video, and then they'll put out an official music video, maybe. But like RTJ's just is both a lyric video and a music video. You know, like yeah. I, I think I think one of the things too is a difference in sort of scale and budget between lyric videos, yeah. and and there are some lyric videos that are higher budget, higher production value. I've made some lyric videos that I've tried to put. Yeah. higher production value Just into zero budget yeah, but... yes <laughs> more true than you know <laughs> oh i work on youtube i know for me i would say a music video is a visual accompaniment to a song that is intended to add artistic meaning. Yeah. Like, I think that makes sense. There are videos of songs that are just the album cover as a yeah. still image. That's not a music video. Uh, but like really anything that is, has artistic purpose. I also think there's stuff where it's a little like ambiguous, like a scene from a movie musical, I wouldn't call a yeah. music video. No. Right? Like, like I no. I tend to think of music videos as something sort of standalone-y. But one of the things that I wanted to mention that's like very interesting to me as sort of maybe a jumping off point here is I'm so interested in the idea of sort of the era of music videos before music videos were a thing. Yeah. Like, I think it's something that it's it's easy to take for granted in our world that music videos have kind of just always been. But there was a time yeah. when, you know, MTV started and changed the industry. Yeah, 1935. <laughs> there was this period before that where you had a lot of bands creating these kind of promotional videos and these proto-music yeah. videos, but they weren't actually, like, there wasn't really a given distribution hub for them. And it's something that I've wanted to dig into before because I genuinely, the video for Bohe for Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I was going to, yeah, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody famously. Yeah, like, which is one of the most famous music videos of all time, was made as a promotional thing that often these things weren't even really shown to an audience. Often they were sent to labels to try to like, yeah. or venues to try to like promote the band. And the Beatles had a lot of them too. And it's just such a, 
Bowie as well, but it's such a weird, interesting thing for me because it's something where, like, I just, I don't know, I don't, how many people in 1975 would have actually watched the video for Bohemian Rhapsody and what sort of cultural space would that have filled? It's something that I just, yeah. I have no idea and I'm always very curious about. So Bohemian Rhapsody, I know, is an interesting case because there's a huge issue with Bohemian Rhapsody in terms of performing it live. Yeah. Which is that the opera section exists. Yes. And that section has like 30 layers of vocals or something. Like, And there's n slightly less than 30 people in Queen. A little bit less. I think like 25 yes. total. <laughs> what they did for the opera section, they sort of settled when they were doing it live for just like playing that section of the music video and walking off stage and then coming back on for the rock section. And that was how they would perform that, at least sometimes in that way. So it's sort of because they literally couldn't play this section. And like, you know, they could sing some of the parts, but like, yeah, it wouldn't be satisfying. Yeah. It wouldn't be an enjoyable experience if you went to go see Bohemian Rhapsody. Like I've seen like the Bohemian Rhapsody musical. They do like a encore with Bohemian Rhapsody, the song, and they have like a full musical ensemble so they can do it. Yeah. But like the band just, they simply couldn't and it would be, pretty disappointing to watch and so they would just they just use the music video as a way to replace that and to create an experience that felt like you were listening to the opera section because otherwise they couldn't do it and they couldn't play the song and people wanted to hear bohemian rhapsody when they went to queen shows and i think that's something like that sort of thing is where a lot of music videos kind of got their origins, especially like these big yeah. 70s rock bands would start having projector screens and wanted things to project behind them. Like Pink Floyd has, there's a really good one for Welcome to the Machine that is this like kind of hand-drawn animation thing that you can look up as a music video now, but it existed before as just kind yeah. of a, a, a screen backdrop for their yeah, live piece. performances. Yeah, a set piece. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I think it's really cool because I think that, you know, when you look at some of the earliest music videos that are kind of music video prop videos proper, you start to get into that late 70s, early 80s, and you start to it tends to be these bands that knew that a venue for a music video was coming before it was there. Like a big one for yeah. me, one of the big early successes as a music video and honestly, like straight up might be one of my, you know, choices for greatest music video ever to this day is Once in a Lifetime by the Talking Heads. And that's clearly a piece of art by a band that knows that there will soon be a home for this medium that we are creating, but there is no home just yet. Yeah. So building the thing in order to be prepared and... Yes. And and I think Once in a Lifetime is also just like super interesting on this because it kind of falls into a category that I think is pretty rare, but very cool when you can have it where like I, I think it's almost impossible to separate the song Once in a Lifetime from the video Once in a Lifetime. You know, like I think I frequently listen to Once in a Lifetime without the video and I'll listen to the album and yeah. stuff, but always in my head, that music video is is so sort of accompanied to. And also that music video seems to be so 
artistically in sync with what the song is doing that it seems to underline the sort of messages about the absurdity of the modern condition so well that I think the two are completely inseparable. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sort of highlights a thing that I did. I kind of wanted to get into, uh, which is I think that a lot of people underrate, including a lot of artists, underrate the artistic yes. potential of the music video. And I think that like this is, you know, a classic thing you see in a lot of like, you know, especially in rock and metal music videos. It's just like it's the basic premise is the band plays a song in a location yeah or maybe two locations or whatever but like you know most of it is just like panning footage around people like strumming guitars or hitting drums or when like when there are lyrics it cuts to this like a close shot of the singer screaming into a microphone and like that's sort of the whole thing it's sort of like i think that there is i mean obviously there's a lot more potential for it but i, I think that especially these days there's just the music video isn't what it was in the 80s, and so there's not really as much of a need to just make a music video to make one. Yeah. And so it feels kind of silly to me to have music videos that don't contribute anything. Whereas you're talking like once in a lifetime where like it it is fundamentally, at least to you, I haven't seen the entire music video. I was honestly never a huge fan of that song. Oh. There are certainly examples for me of songs where like watching the music video just becomes such an intrinsic part of the song itself. One that I wanted to bring up on that, and again, on sort of the artistic power is, yeah. you know, when you look at a lot of people talking about sort of one of the best protest songs of the modern era is probably Childish Gambino's This Is America. The song itself, yeah. you, you know, there is some subtextual stuff in the song, but the song itself is actually not really saying that much lyrically. Like, like everything yeah. that is powerful about that song is made powerful by the video providing a context to the song. Yeah. Like, I think of that one, that's even better of an example for than Once in a Lifetime for sort of the thing that I'm talking about where it's like, that is a single yeah. multimedia artwork piece, right? Yeah. And it just happens to be that you can also listen to the song but the whole statement of that song, most of the statement of it is tied up in a very striking, very, you know, infamous video. Yeah. Yeah. The video is what tells you what the this is. Yes, in This exactly. is America. And yeah. like, and again, like you say, there, there is subtext and context and like plenty of ways to read what he's saying into the lyrics and the music. Like that's it's not not there, but it is so much more explicit and so much more striking in the video yeah and it's becomes like like you were saying with once in a lifetime it becomes a really perfect companion piece yeah well and to the point that like with this is america i think it's even more than a companion piece i think the singular piece is the video this yeah. is america and it just also happens that you can listen to the song but like, and you can yeah. tell that in even the release of it, right? Like it's it's sort of released yeah. as a video. It's not released as part of an album. It's not kind of formally released as a single, you know, it's just sort of released yeah. as the music video dropping. And I think that that's something, honestly, I wish more artists did was yeah. conceptualize themselves as, and it makes sense given who Donald Glover is, like he clearly conceptualizes himself as a multimedia artist. And I think that yes. that is conceptualized as a piece of multimedia work that happens to be, 
you know, in the form of a music video, but it is not, it is not, he wrote a song, he made a video. It is, he made this whole piece holistically. Yeah. Presumably. I, yeah. I, I don't personally know his process, but yeah. from how it played out, that seems very likely to me. Yeah. It could be that it just played out like that, but I think, I think even if his writing process it, isn't like yeah. that, the release of it, it seems yeah. to indicate that that's how he as an artist hoped that people would take that piece. It reads like that. And that's sort of from an analytical perspective, I think more important anyway. Yes. Yeah. Another sort of, I think less integral, but one that I think demonstrates part of what I was thinking on this is like the living on a prayer video. I was going to say, I don't know if you're familiar. I, I assume you're familiar with the living on a prayer video. Honestly, I think I am, but it's, it's not, it's not coming to mind. What, what's in the video again? So the video is mostly clips of them setting up for a show. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, and like, I think it has a bit of that like band playing the song in a location vibe, but it also builds on that and feels much more playful and feels much more like, like it has its own perspective that isn't just listen to the song. Yeah. This was the thing I've realized, you know, in last episode is the thing that we wind up talking about a lot is like pointfulness and like, I think that for music videos, a lot of the time, that's what I'm looking for. Like if I already like the song, what is the point of watching it in yeah. video form? What is the video adding from an artistic standpoint? And I think that that's a thing that gets lost. Depends on the band, depends on like when they're doing it, but like it depends on the era, certainly. Yeah, there, there was there was certainly a time in fairly recent music history where like if you wanted a single to get any attention. Yeah, you needed a video. You, you just, you had to have a video. Like it, it, you had to get it on MTV and VH1 and like. I, I think it's interesting cause I, I've considered doing like, someday I want to do a series that's a history of the music video. There are some sort yeah. of clear eras where, you know, there's the pseudo music videos that we talked about in the beginning. Then you have the MTV era and the MTV era in the eighties has a ton of, especially in pop, these kind of high concept, ambitious videos, things like obviously Thriller comes to mind, anything yeah. Michael Jackson did, but also like Madonna's Material Girl is an incredible video doing a sort of satire slash homage to a musical number from Diamonds Are Forever, uh, which is, yeah. you know, it A, it goes very clearly with the message and point of the song, and then it's also sort of playing on... You, you know, there's a metatextual element there where it's playing on people's perception of Madonna and how people yeah. compared Madonna to Marilyn Monroe and all of this stuff. Like there's there's sort of a rich wealth in that. And I think in a, a lot of 80s videos, you have a lot of like either like good kind of like artistic uh, high concept stuff like that, or you also just have a lot of like campy fun stuff like like twisted yeah. sisters music videos are just delightful like just an absolute riot but then i think it's sort of when you enter into the 90s and especially in sort of the late 90s into the 2000s you get a lot of these kind of post grunge music videos where it's just like band playing their song and you know there's a lot of great grunge songs like smells like teen spirit yeah. is an amazing music video of 
where it's band playing song, but, you know, band playing song in front of a bunch of high schoolers who then riot and tear apart the school. And it's like, that's... Yeah, there's there's a context yeah, to it. There's a, yeah. there's a statement being made by the... Like, a lot of times, you know, you'll, you'll just, like, they're in an underpass. And, like, it's cool because there are shadows and concrete. Uh, but, yeah, no, definitely Smells Like Teen Spirit, I think, is a good example of doing band play song in location, but in a way that's compelling. I think a lot of grunge had really good music videos, and I feel like a lot of post-grunge kind of became, similar to the genre itself, kind of became yeah. a more corporatized version, because a lot of the, like, early 90s alt-rock, like, I mean, R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion is just an sure. absolute yeah. stunning video, and in my mind, that kind of kicked off a trend of music videos that also was running concurrently in the 90s that kind of continued on to still have influence today. But th that's the video that I kind of call like the abstract deep video, you know, where it's, yeah. it's just a lot of kind of vaguely connected abstract images, but they all tend to create something. Very few of them are explicit in any way with their message but there's through the abstraction yeah you get this kind of great sense of profundity yeah and they tie in with sort of the emotions of the yeah. song in ways that you know like we were talking about how like the video of this is america contextualizes yes uh the lyrics in the same sort of way i think the lyrics of losing my religion will contextualize the video yeah. in ways where like classic example that you can you see in like people demonstrating like film score stuff is you know you take the same exact footage and put like a different kind of score behind yeah. it and you can change the implied narrative and you know with those sorts of more vague music videos there's a bit of that going on where like your experience if you watch the losing my religion video on mute and had never heard the song before you probably wouldn't get anything like the message you get from it when you watch it with the sound on. Yeah. Whereas if you watched Smells Like Teen Spirit on mute, you probably would get a yeah. pretty similar message to what you get it with yeah. the sound on. Yeah, you, you'd get it. You get the same story. Yeah. But expanding on that, like, I think that there's another sort of really common thing that you see in a lot of videos is sort of the opposite of that. The opposite of vague, at least which is just enact, acting out the story beat by beat. Well, well, and not even acting out the story, like acting out the lyrics. Like a great example yeah. of this is Nickelback's photograph, where yeah. the lyric says, look at this photograph, and he's holding a photograph and showing it to the camera. Yeah. There's also like the, the one I was thinking of uh, was You Belong With Me, Taylor Swift. Yes. Uh, which I I can't mention Taylor Swift music videos without, without the Patrick Williams. Yeah, that video was fantastic. If you want like a really deep dive on Taylor Swift music videos, and if you're listening to this and thinking actually I don't want that, you're wrong. Yep, you do want it. You do. It's great. Highly recommend. It's hard to say like one of Patrick's best videos because all of Patrick's videos are so good, but like definitely a very good Patrick Willems video. It, it crosses over with our interests very well, so I'm very fond of it. Yes, extremely good video. Uh, Patrick, if you're listening, uh, thanks for making it. Yeah. But anyway, as he goes into in that video, like it sort of evolves past that in her later. Evolve, I don't know. I don't want to imply that like it's better or worse. Yeah. You know how I am about quality. implying quality in art, but like you know, it is, it becomes more abstract as it goes and starts to include things that aren't necessarily as 
literally the thing that's happening. But in that sort of early era, era like uh, like I said, You Belong With Me is quintessential example of just like literally every shot is her doing whatever the current lyrics are saying. Yeah. I think there's sort of different levels of efficacy to that. Like, I think yeah. there are songs where that approach works really well, especially like, you know, there's a lot of songs where um, a lot of the time sort of like more political message songs and things like that yeah. will will approach that. And it can be a very good and effective way of conveying your message. But yeah, I also feel like there are there are also times where it's just like it's it's not bad. It just, it's just like, yeah. I don't know what this adds on top of just listening to the lyrics. Yeah. There are more interesting choices you could have made. Yeah. But I think like a, an important thing for me is sort of uh vibe matching. Yes. Right. Like, yeah. you know, songs that are very literal narratives should probably have videos that are very literal narratives, yeah. right? Like you take You Belong With Me and you put it over a music video like Losing My Religion and it gets confusing. Yes. There, there is yeah. such a clear story that, you know, and you can tell it more abstractly. And some of the greatest music videos of all time, like Michael Jackson's Thriller is a pretty literal yeah. video. You know, it's 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 very high budget and it, it kind of has the short yeah. film thing, but like... The song is, you know, it's close to midnight and you've got like a shot of them walking under a full moon. Like it is pretty literal in that sense. Like Thriller mentions so many different kinds of monsters and the video, I think, is wisely zombies. simplifies yeah. that down Yeah, to just being one consistent thing. Like, you know, there's no escaping the jaws of the alien this time. I don't remember an alien with massive jaws in that video. Correct me if I'm that wrong. That is true. Uh, but like, you know, just trying to be a little bit more coherent with it, whereas the song is a bit scattershot. Uh, not in yeah. a bad way, just, you know. The other sort of, like, and this one's a more modern one, and honestly, these are some of my favorite videos. There's a genre of music videos, I call it the OK Go music video. I don't actually yeah. think they're the first ones to do it. I think a lot of sort of yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers have a lot of videos that do it. White Stripes do it a ton. But the idea where it's like, okay, for this music video, you're just going to see something visually impressive and spectacular. Yeah. And, you know, it might have a tangential relationship to the song. It might not. But generally, it's just, you're just going to be watching really amazing stuff, really yeah. interesting stuff. Like, I mean, the obvious, like... There's a concept. Yes. And we... Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, go have one that's a Rube Goldberg yeah. machine. They've got the treadmill one that broke them. But then also yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers Can't Stop is one of my favorites where it's just sort of these surreal, abstract sculpture pieces made out of yeah. the, you know, the band members of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I love that. Like, yeah. it, it just looks very cool. It just works. Um, and yeah. then And then in the White Stripes, like, this is very much where I have you know, the hardest button to button. One of the greatest videos ever doesn't really have any relationship to the song whatsoever in, in any kind of narrative sense. It's kind of aesthetically tied just because the white stripes are so sort of cohesive aesthetically, but mostly yeah. it's just like, oh, here's a really cool concept. And, you know, it does, it does kind of build with the song a little bit. So it's not, it's not completely abstract but it's one yeah. where you know if we're using the kind of 
play it on mute litmus test that we were talking about earlier. You play that on mute and you're like, oh, this is just really cool. I could see this just like on a wall in an art yes, museum yeah, playing on loop. Exactly. Like yeah. it's it's just a visually engaging piece of art that is fun to watch. That is, is synced with a piece of music. Yeah. But yeah, I think like OK Go is a really interesting one to me. Uh, specifically, because like you say, they sort of blew up with that treadmill video. And the yeah. treadmill video was great. Like, I loved that. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. The thing with OK Go for me is that their sort of weird and interesting conceptual music video became their thing. Yes. And in yeah. a way that like felt like it was giving diminishing returns. Yeah. And like part of what made the, the treadmill one so charming was that like it was so clearly zero budget. Yeah. Like... All they had to do was like, I, I mean, treadmills are not free. Uh, and I assume they didn't have six treadmills sitting around, but like, yeah, it was so, so minimal in terms of like production. It had that early YouTube charm of feeling like you yeah. and your buddies could get together and do it, right? Like yeah. if you had, you know, the imagination yeah. or the time or something like yeah. that. If, if you had come up with this and had written the song, like yeah. you, you could make the video yeah. with the time and practice. And yeah, that's sort of... This was like, I mean, this this is a bit tangential, but this is something Hank Green talks about uh, sometimes with like the Smosh principle. Yeah. Where like Smosh, the channel sort of got big and stayed big by always being just a little bit better than what everyone else was doing. Yeah. But never like going way overboard and being like, oh my God, this is the most incredible thing ever. They were always just, it felt like something you could achieve if you were just a little bit better than you are. Yeah. Uh, at, at the thing, not, you know, better as a person uh, necessarily. That sort of thing like that the treadmill video really had. And then once they started getting like huge budgets behind them, the videos were interesting, but they started feeling less purposeful as music videos. Well, and I mean, I can't speak for the band, but in watching the yeah. videos, you can almost feel the exasperation of the band of yeah. having to outdo themselves every time. Yeah. Like, I, I could be wrong. Maybe they just absolutely love it, but it feels like they're boxed into making these videos where yeah. the early one was just such a labor of love. Yeah. It, yeah, it felt so fun, and it felt like they were having a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, the one, the ones that they've done more recently really feel like, okay, like, what's going to be the next OK Go video? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't want to be, like, too negative on it. Like, I think there's some really good ones, but I also think are. it's a bit of a mixed bag. That sort of conceptual thing, that, like, heavy, high-concept, really cool visual art approach... I think sort of to tie this back to a more general point, I think that that approach relies very heavily on authenticity. Yes. Right? Like it relies on feeling like someone's artistic vision. Yeah. Right? Like you you look at like, you know, White Stripes videos and they feel like Jack White had ideas. Or even like a lot of them in, in general, both White Stripes and, you know, any other videos directed by Michelle Gondry they feel like there is there is a we can actually use this term correctly here they feel like there is an auteur's stamp on it right like they feel like someone yeah. had an idea and a concept and something that they wanted to do with it yeah and and a driving vision and sort of where those things tend to fail for me is again like i think you look at a lot of okay go stuff and it feels so produced yeah and it feels so like not necessarily corporate but it feels sanitized 
I think this is the thing, one of the things that I was going to say is I think OK Go and in general, like the sort of early viral yeah. music videos kind of produced yeah. a culture of people trying to create that viral energy. And there's a whole sort of culture of music videos that are just kind of weird and quirky, extra for the sake yeah. of being extra in hopes of going viral. And sometimes they do, you know, something like Gangnam Style went hyper viral yeah. with that sort of approach. Some of them also, though, like, you know, a video that I always think of as one that's sort of just a meh for me is Miley Cyrus's We Can't Stop, where it kind of represents this sort of post, you know, you know, this web 2.0, this post streaming era of video yeah. where it's like, here's a bunch of surreal disconnected scenes. Um, look how weird and quirky this is. And it doesn't really land for me. I mean, I think, I think yeah. funnily enough, Wrecking Ball from that album is fantastic. That video absolutely lands and is really like just yeah. an interesting, compelling thing. But yeah, I think there's a lot of music videos kind of trying to do a forced virality thing. It doesn't always land. Yeah. No, I think I agree with you. I think that a lot of a lot of especially recent music videos, especially from like major artists, are sort of trying to be clipped on TikTok more than anything. Yeah. And trying to be, you know, a reaction get like a reaction shot or something. Because that's, you know, and, and you know, and that's not necessarily I don't want to say it's not good or bad because I think it's largely bad, but like it's not to say that like there is less artistic vision yeah. these days or anything like that's a nonsense standpoint. Yeah, I would actually say there are just because of the because it is easier and cheaper than ever to make film. There are more yeah. exciting, interesting music videos being made than there ever have been. Like I, I truly, yeah. I truly believe that. But I also agree that especially a lot of the big budget studio things where it, I think there was a time, especially during the MTV era and even, even through like the nineties and early two thousands where bigger acts could exert more creative control over their videos. And, and also now, I mean, a lot of music videos now it's the stereotype. Tom Scott has a great video uh, about yeah. sort of like why a lot of modern music videos look like this, where it's a matter of efficiency, where there's a lot of sort of pickup crowd shots that you can shoot very cheap and edit together. A lot of hyper slow mo shots, a lot of shots with awkward juxtapositions of product placement that, you know, helps monetize the things more. The stereotypical one yeah. that's in everything, everything. And there was a period where every pop music video had the the beats pill in it. Yeah. It's one of those things where there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in the music and the art world today. Yeah. That is unambiguously true. A lot of it is not being done at major labels. Like, yes. That's not to say none of it is. Like, yeah. I think, for instance, a lot of Lil Nas X videos, I think, are really good. Uh, Montero is a phenomenal music video. Yeah. But, like, you know, those sorts of things... A lot of times, because things are going really bad for major labels right now, and, you know, fine. Yeah. That's, that's fine with me. I'm not weeping over that. Yeah. No no shed tears here in 12 Town. <laughs> I like 12 Town. <laughs> they wind up, like, exerting more and more control and, like you say, trying 
to make artists go viral in ways that like, you know, aren't necessarily effective and aren't like, and, and may work, but aren't necessarily artistically interesting. Artistically interesting is subjective. I will su- yeah. concede that for free. Just assume that when we're talking about this stuff, we're talking about our opinion on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, partly that, but I think part of what I'm saying here is that it feels like a lot of times no one is yeah. particularly artistically interested in the product. Like no one views this as an artistically satisfying result. That's just, that's not the purpose that yeah. it's made for. And I think that's very different from a piece of art that someone poured their heart and soul into and loves deeply and just does not impact me. Yeah. Like, I think that that's a, a significantly different thing. And I think that not not all music videos today, not or not all major, la- certainly not all music videos, but not all major label music videos even are that. I, I think a lot of it tends to be major labels with artists that aren't the scale that you need to be to have complete creative control. Because like, like Beyonce is a major yeah. label artist. Every yeah. Beyonce video is a goddamn masterpiece. Yeah. Like they are beautiful. Formation yeah. is one of the greatest videos ever made as far as I'm concerned. I could be wrong. I could be misremembering. Uh, I feel like she's basically on her own imprint at this point. Like, so she's technically a major label artist in that she's distributed through a major label, but like she is basically in charge of her own stuff. Same with Taylor Swift, who again has really interesting videos. And Beyonce also has done some directing work herself and like chooses her directors and stuff. Someone that actually kind of very adjacent to Beyonce, someone whose videos recently that I was super interested in is, have you seen any of Jay-Z's videos for 444, like from that album? I have not. Okay, well, so so there's no. one video that is a straightforward video that is one of the best I've ever seen, which is his video for Story of OJ, um, which is a video, a, a song about how fame in America uh, does not buy you freedom from systemic racism. Um, yep. But the entire video is drawn uh, in the style of racist turn-of-the-century cartoons. And it's a video huh. that is, like, viscerally uncomfortable to watch by design. It's really yeah. highly, highly recommend uh, that watch. But then a lot of the rest of the videos... Like, there's one music video from 444, the music video for Moonlight, where it opens on... It's, like like four or five, maybe even like six or seven minute scene that is a shot for shot remake of a scene from Friends with all the white parts replaced by black actors. And then it kind of like pans out and shows an actor leaving this set and walking away and walking to a, you know, door that appears as the song sort of starts to play. And then it ends and the song plays over a credit sequence. And it's just... It, a lot of the 444 videos are like this where they are they are short films with like a minute of the song stuck in the middle of it somewhere or at the end somewhere or yeah. like it's and it's such a it's such an interesting you know my read on it is always that it is it kind of feels to me like it's Jay-Z um sort of saying look these are interesting short films by uh, interesting, exciting filmmakers that talk about a message. Nobody would watch these short films on their own because there's just not much yeah. of a culture of watching short films. So I'm going to attach a music video to this short film ostensibly 
and then release this short film. It's a super, I, I really like it. I think it's a really cool approach and one that I think is, it's incredibly novel. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that that's a cool, just an interesting sort of style of music video that I haven't seen him do it since. I mean, he hasn't released, well, I guess he released the Carters, but that was with Beyonce, um, but yeah. hasn't released anything since. And I haven't seen anyone else take up on that trend, but it's just something that, I don't know. It, it it's always endlessly fascinating to me as an approach. Yeah, sort of brings up a thing that I had wanted to talk about. This is not a specific comment on that. It sounds like Jay Z has taken this to the point where it has become its own thing. Yeah. For me, a lot of times when I'm watching music videos, I tend to really not like when there's like an extended skit at the beginning. Yes. Like yeah. I think that, you know, it. I don't mind like a. A little establishing shot. Yeah. Like, you know, if you want to put a little bit of context beforehand, but it feels like if you need like a three minute dialogue scene to tell me how what you're doing relates to the to the music, then that's probably a failure in visual storytelling. Because I think fundamentally a music video is a visual storytelling um, medium. Yeah. It's sort of stepping out of that, stepping out of the conceit of there being a song in order to do your own entire separate, like, little one-act play, for me, most of the time doesn't, especially, like, I, I don't like it at the beginning. I especially don't like it in the middle of a song. Yeah, yeah, it's, I really don't like it in the middle, yeah. When you get to the bridge and you bring it down and you're like, we're gonna have, and you know, this is a thing Tom Scott talked about in his video where, like, part of the point of that is to add something that isn't the song to make it harder to pirate. Yes. I'm going to say this now, and I hope that every major label executive is still listening after what we said about you earlier. People are going to pirate your songs. Yep. You cannot make it hard enough. Yep. Like, look, I understand that you don't want that to happen, but... It's especially funny when you see it now, because I think a lot of them... It did make a bit more sense in the MTV era when people yeah. could like rip to VHS. But now often you will watch this video with a skit in the middle and in the recommendations bar will be the MP3 version of the song with no skip yeah. in the middle and just the album artwork there. Yeah, it's just like someone's uploaded lyric video. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Or like even like a lot of this on YouTube most songs by artists are just uploaded automatically to YouTube yep. at this point. Yep. That's just like a basic part of publishing an album. And so like that's out there. It's not hard to pirate your like songs. And like, again, I get why you don't want that to happen, but this is not a fight you're winning. I, I think something kind of similar, like adjacent to adjacent to the skits as well is the sort of, yeah. There's a kind of genre of music video that there's narrative music videos and then there's bands that do sort of multi-arc narratives through several music yeah. videos. And, you know, there's some good ones out there, but in general, yeah. my opinion is that the music video is at its strongest when there's levels of abstraction. Like it's not yeah. it's not a great narrative form. If you want to tell fully narrative stories visually, there's this incredible medium called film um, that works really well Sorry, for that. that? <laughs> could, could you spell that? Uh, F-P-H-Y-L-M-E. 
film. All right, cool, cool. I'll look it up. Yeah, t- Patrick uh, but Willems yeah. knows a thing or two about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, the PH in film stands for Patrick H, H and then <laughs> yeah. uh, Willems. <laughs> it sort of, again, comes back to vibe matching. Yeah. Where, like, songs, for the most part, are self-contained artistic objects. Yeah. That's mostly the point of most songs. And so, like, if you want to tell a narrative in another brick in the wall that like that comes back in the video for comfortably numb that makes a lot of sense to me yeah those are those are part of a rock opera yeah but like you know it's one of those things where i i don't want to come across like i'm setting rules right like there are always going to be exceptions that make this work in really cool ways to anything we're talking about like anything we say is bad we're going to be wrong sometimes. That's how art works. Yeah. In fact, like that's kind of like the point of a lot, not not the point of art, but like a lot of artistic exploration, a lot of that comes at the sort of boundary where people are like, this is bad. You can't do this in an interesting way. And someone's like, aha, challenge accepted. Yeah. And so like anything we're saying, you can find something that proves us wrong. And if you can't, you can make it. Yeah. But like, well, I I think often and maybe this is just the ones that I've watched, but often with like the multi arc narrative things, what I find is an artist will start one and then just not end it because generally yeah. an album gets, you know, two to three music videos. That's what you have the budget and time for. And then you're yeah. back on the road or, you know, back in the studio or something yeah. like that. And you're figuring out what whatever comes next. And I think so often there's these big ambitious ideas that just just are not are not finished and are just kind of like left in the hanging. And I think there's better and worse ways of doing this. Like someone who I really love, who I think has done great narrative stuff with her music videos is Janelle Monae. Um, Dirty Computer yeah. is an incredible short film full of music videos, but also broadly, a lot of her music videos with the Arc Android saga, you know, there is a narrative to these albums. The videos don't explicitly tell a story, but they kind of world build out yeah. this world that that narrative takes place in. And I think that's a really effective use of music videos. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of, I, I think a lot of sort of the strength of that medium is sort of, like you say, depicting broader ideas yeah. and world building is such a great place to do that. But like one of, one of the reasons that I like, I thought of this topic in the first place is I've I've mentioned this multiple times on the podcast before. I'm listening through and trying to really familiarize myself with all of Coheed and Cambria's yeah. work. Uh, and I've been watching some of their music videos. And like, if there is any band, any band in the world that was going to do a long, yeah. drawn out, multi-video narrative throughout all of their music videos, it's Coheed and Cambria, yeah. but they don't. That's really interesting that they like, don't. For the most part... Their videos are like, sometimes they're snapshots of things that are happening. Sometimes they're a little bit more band play song and location. Yeah. Like the the Here We Are Juggernaut video is sort of a depiction of the appearance of the Black Rainbow, which is an important narrative event in the Year of the Black Rainbow story, uh, surprisingly. <laughs> but like, which I don't even think that that's the, that's the song that's about that event on that album. Yeah, it's just the one that got uh, like a single, uh, but it sort of very clearly takes place in our world. And and then they, they like feathers. The music video for that one is just like 
a completely like it has feathers is a very specific story on the album the music video is just a completely different story yeah like i respect that like i th- i think yeah i think it, it was you saying black rainbow that actually made me think of this but i think a great music video that d- does a good job of again sort of world building the world of a concept album is welcome to the black parade welcome to the black yeah. parade kind of tells the story of the whole concept album. Yeah, Yeah, the whole story. And it's incredibly, incredibly successful in that. And it, you know, it it matches the aesthetic vibes. It's stunning. It's beautiful. Like, it's a great little narrative. Yeah, do you know any good video essays about it? (laughs) Not one. No. (laughs) I think that's something that works a lot better. And I mean, I think that that's, I think that's just a sign of, especially it makes a lot of sense with Coheed and Cambria that they... Like, like, it's just a sign of an artist that understands the strengths and limitations of the medium they're working yeah. in. And I think that's always what it comes down to with me is, I think what you were talking about earlier with anyone breaking these rules, often when people do break the rules of a medium, it's because they deeply understand the medium and they understand which rules can be yeah. broken in which ways. And I'm I'm a big fan of that. Yes. And why the rules are there. Like, are you, if I say Chesterton's fence, does that mean anything to you? Uh, I know G.K. Chesterton. Yeah. So it's, it's from him. Yeah. Chesterton's fence is basically a parable city planner or whatever comes along and is like, there's a fence across this road. I have no idea why it's there. So we're going to get rid of it. Chesterton argues that the correct answer to that is like, no, absolutely not. Go figure out why that fence is there. And then we'll talk about getting rid of it. Yeah. And so like that sort of thing where like, there are reasons not to do all of these things. And if you know those reasons, I don't want to present this as objective. Obviously, I keep saying that because I think it's important. But like, if you are familiar with why most people don't do this and you decide you're going to do it anyway because it fits with what your specific artistic vision is, great. Yeah. That's probably going to be a really good music video. But like, if you're just doing it because no one does it or if you're not even aware that no one does it or you're not even aware that it doesn't tend to work super well because you haven't watched a lot of videos that do it like that's that's when you wind up running into trouble someone that i think understands the bounds of music videos and is constantly pushing them and does great things with it is david bowie which doesn't surprise me because he was always very good at pushing all bounds david bowie pushes boundaries Yeah, but his video for Black Star is another one of my favorites, and that does such a good job of giving you a slice of this world, and it it does such a good job of implying a story that is there that is just sort of on the tip of your tongue, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, there's part of you that desperately wants more, but then there's a part that's like, no, if there was more to this, it would be less special. Like, it, it is yeah. just getting a slice of a strange yeah. world. Wanting more is the point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, similar to the a much earlier version of that is uh, the video for Ashes to Ashes is incredible, too, with his, like, uh, Harlequin cl- clown figure and you know, the weird sort of new romantic aesthetic. And it's like Bowie videos are so good at making you feel like there's something there that you're missing. And, you know, and and often what it is that you're missing is the context, the sort of emotional and aesthetic context provided by the song itself. Yeah. And this isn't necessarily true of all art, but I think 
a thing that I tend to really value in art is trusting your audience enough yes. to not give them everything. Yes. This is going to be a bit of a swing in terms of analogies. Recently, finally, after over 30 years of being alive, watched Jaws for the first time. Oh, I've never seen it. Yeah, it's it was pretty good. But like, I don't know if I should say this if you've never seen it. Eh, it's fine. It's not yeah, a huge spoiler. I, yeah, uh, I, I also don't really care about spoilers. Yeah, uh, but like, there's so much of like the technique of shark hunting that they just don't tell you. Like there's one, one of the things that really stood out to me. One of the things they do while they're hunting the shark is they shoot it with a harpoon that is tied to a barrel. And then the barrel gets dragged off the boat. They never really tell you why, but they t enough times talk about it that it becomes clear that the point is that the barrel is buoyant and so the shark can't dive. Mm. And that it takes more energy for the shark to dive deep and get away. And so that holds it near the surface. Like the mechanism is interesting. And like, I feel like not to be like, oh, you can't make real art these days or whatever. But I feel like if that movie was made today, yeah, there would be a scene where the, the shark hunter captain would explain to an audience insert what the barrels do. Yeah, yeah. And would just give me a walkthrough of why that is an effective thing. And it just, it just didn't. It just trusted me to figure it out. And I think that like, you know, you're talking about like the Black Star video where like there's clearly a lot of world here. Yeah. And you are seeing a very small slice and he's just sort of trusting you to work out the rest of it or to fill in the blank. He, there may not even be blanks. Like he, he might've left, left stuff. He may not have made decisions. He might've been like, there's going to be this thing and it's going to be cool and it's going to look rad. Yeah. You listening to it and watching it are going to take all of the context clues that you have and come up with your story about it. Like this is one of the things I talked about in my Bohemian Rhapsody video is that like in that song, like there are a lot of readings of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. The one about like being a queer man in the seventies and eighties, like a queer man of color, especially. Yeah. And sort of coming to terms with that identity makes a lot of sense to me yeah. as a reading, but like there's plenty of other readings and they intentionally never said what they were. And they intentionally like, I, I don't believe necessarily very specifically had one in mind like one of those readings does not make others of those readings obsolete, yeah. which is such a, a yeah. key thing that I think people often forget about with art where, you know, yeah. I will often get comments where I'll be like, you know, this song is probably about this thing. And they're like, oh, well, you know, like the artist has said it's about this thing completely different. It's like it can be about both. It can be about yeah. both simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, my classic example is, you know, Song for Adam. Yep. Uh, I've talked about that a bunch yep. of times. I don't have to rehash that. But like, it's a very clear narrative, that song. Yeah. Unambiguous what is going on in the story of that song. In my head, it's attached to a completely different, like, personal life experience that I had. And so, but, but again, like, leaving that space, again, because music videos are such a visual medium, and they are such a... They, they allow for such abstraction because they have other contextualizing elements through the song. You get a lot of this space to tell an incomplete story confidently. Yeah. In a way that doesn't need your audience to understand everything because understanding everything was never really the point. Yeah. Like a great example of this is there's no explanation in Weapon of Choice as to why Christopher Walken is dancing around yeah. the room. <laughs> yeah. Perfect world building. No, he, he never he never explains to the audience. Yeah. It, it's so the shark can't dive. But 
Yeah, I mean, I think that that's honestly like I feel like we're just scratching the surface, but it's been an hour. Um, yeah, I, I did want to mention Weapon of Choice as just a great video. A couple yeah. other ones no, yeah, that, that I'm thinking smart. of that I just I just wanted to mention that we haven't really gotten into and I just don't have that much to say. In, but one of my favorite examples of something that is just visually interesting and spectacular is Virtual Insanity. That video absolutely rocks by jamiroquai is that the one with the the sliding floor yes yeah okay, yeah cool. yeah the sliding floor yeah and and yeah it goes well with the vibes and there's dances that go with it i mean a whole yeah. other aspect of a lot of great music videos that bears mentioning that we haven't talked about at all this episode is dance which is just such yeah. a huge part of so many really important really monumental music videos and you yeah. know, there's a lot, a lot of magic that can be created by dance, whether... Yeah, I'm really surprised we're an hour in and we haven't talked about yeah. dance. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit of an oversight on our part. Yeah. Well, and there's like, there's big choreographed dance. There's also, I mean... And like they introduce dances that become the dance to yeah, the song yeah. is a thing that music videos will offer, especially for dance music. And then, and then you've also got like the stuff that like Sia does with Maddie Ziegler, like the those yeah. videos. The dance is so good. Dance is just yeah, it's so yeah. We we definitely dropped the ball by not mentioning it yet. But yeah, and I think you know again with sort of the virtual insanity video too. A lot of that is just like it's such a concept. Yeah, it's pure concept, and that concept is it's just like, it's just astounding. It just wows you, yeah. and it's just and it's executed so yeah, well. Yeah. And and like like that's one where I like I've heard people who it came out kind of before the heyday of the internet yeah. and before you could like find stuff out and I've heard people just like like that people who watch it would just like speculate over and over again on like like how is this yeah. done how did they do that and I think I think there's a lot of great music videos similar to actually a great dance one is like the smooth criminal lean that's one where you yeah. know like people have like scratch their heads over it be like how that like what the what the hell is that how the hell does that happen and you, you know yeah. i think a lot of my personal favorite music videos are just videos that are just visually spectacular in a really interesting yeah, really way. stunning to watch yeah 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 that's why i like a lot of lyric videos too i think i think lyric videos as a media medium when they're done well with a good budget can be incredible because a it's just nice to read lyrics to a song when you're listening because you don't always yeah. catch all the lyrics. And then also just the nature of motion design, uh, in my humble opinion, allows for you to do really cool levels of abstraction yeah. and like just visually spectacular stuff, allows you to do things that you can't really do or see anywhere else. Yeah, I, I on the other hand, think that all motion graphics look bad. Yes. And anyone who does motion graphics should feel bad. A point in my favor is I have not seen any music videos made out of poorly drawn elephants. So I don't yeah. know. Well, I have. I made one. <laughs> Honestly, that's true. That's true. Uh, 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 this is not, this is years ago at this point, but a, a band reached out to me. The lead guy in the band reached out and asked if I wanted to um, make a music video for them. And so I did. And that's awesome. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I, I've never done it again. I would also note if you're watching this, um, I I do have I do have several music videos, more lyric videos, but music slash lyric yeah. videos that I've made that you should watch. Yeah, like I think at polyphonic level aesthetics, you can call them a music. Yeah, video. so you should watch. You should watch "Who in War" by Ways and Waves. I made that one. You should watch "Dancing Clown" 
by Indal. Is that their name? I hope that's their name. I'm pretty sure that's their name. Let's just go with it. You can watch uh, Bytown Approximately by Fisher Park. Yeah, I've made a number of music videos. And if you're listening to this and you want me to make a video, reach out to me because I, I do take commissions for this stuff and I am interested in this stuff. You will need to pay yeah. me because I am a professional. Yeah. But if you're yeah. interested in paying me, reach out. I would love to make more music videos. The other band that I felt like I really wanted to mention through this yeah. uh, that I haven't gotten a chance to talk about yet is uh, Rammstein. Mm -hmm. uh, have you seen their music videos? Uh, I've seen a couple of them. Uh, there was yeah. one that came out recently that was really, really good that I saw. But yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I haven't seen many of their recent ones. It's sort of more in the like Rise Rise era. And that's sort of like when I was in high school, that was like a whole thing that me and my friends got really into because like they're they're so conceptual and they're so conceptual in terms of like having, they're very narrative uh, typically. Yeah. Part of it is like, I don't speak German. And so I don't know what yeah. exactly is going on in the song. And so there's sort of more of a blank canvas to just do whatever. I think from my understanding, a lot of the videos still don't make more sense if you understand the German yeah. either. They're not performing the lyrics of the song. They're doing sort of a short film underneath the song. Yeah. That is sort of synced with the song, but is sort of like they have one, uh, it's a Sone video, which is just Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, but uh, BDSM. That's great. And like the band members play the, the dwarves. The recent one that I'm thinking of was Deutschland, which is like a basically like a visual history of Germany, which is really cool. Yeah. 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 But no, they're they're definitely in general, like I don't know the cultural history of the music video in Germany. Yeah. Right? Like I don't know what that looked like. I don't know if this is particularly unique there or if this is more in line with what music videos tended to look like around that time. In Germany, I don't listen to a lot of German music, but like, it's so different. What Rammstein is doing is so different from so many music videos that I was familiar with. Yeah. And it was so much more interesting. And it felt like, again, it, it felt like there was an artistic purpose. It felt like the video was almost a separate thing from the song, yeah. right? Like you would, you would listen to like Sona and like, it would be it would be a cool song and you would watch the music video and it would be a completely different thing with the same song. An, an example of that, that sort of vibe that I really love, that's another one that I wanted to mention before we leave, is uh, Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel, where sure. like you listen to that song and it's like, oh, that's a pretty cool, good, fun, you know, 80s dance pop song. And then you watch the video yeah. and you're like, What? Like, like this is just like one of the most relentlessly creative things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Again, that that's sort of growing up in sort of watching both like Rammstein videos and also a lot of just like band plays song and yeah. location music videos really cemented a lot of my feelings on the point of music videos and yeah. like what, what the point was for me at least and what I wanted to get out of them. And these days, I don't tend to seek out too many music videos, large, un unless like like I I hear something good about them specifically. Largely because a lot of them don't tend to be what I'm looking for. Yeah, 
But that's not to say that there aren't incredible music videos out there. I will say on the Rammstein thing, like, I don't know this for sure, and I can't, like, like don't take me as an expert on this, but I, it would not surprise me if they're very influenced by the history of German expressionism in film, which is, like, yeah. a very rich film tradition that is very much about, like, using film to do stuff that is more profound than realistic, you know, that is visually stunning and, you know, over the top and makes you think and valuing the true visual potential over film rather yeah. than just grounding it in, you know, a sort of realistic portrayal of the world. I would be wildly unsurprised to learn that that was an influence. Yeah. Like, you would be shocked at how unsurprised I would be to learn that. Yes. Cool. Any other videos you wanted to mention? I actually, I should mention just again, another artist that does some really great videos that just bears mentioning. Um, Missy Elliott's videos just kick so yeah. much ass. They're all so good and so weird. I mean, a lot of the, her early collaborations are with Hype Williams, who, you know, is probably the most important music video director ever. And we didn't really talk much about a lot of Hype Williams videos in this, but the entire visual vocabulary of modern hip hop is kind of owed to Hype Williams. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really have much to say on this, but I will say that like uh, Billie Eilish as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Some of the videos she was making, especially around like the When We All Fall Asleep yeah. era. I haven't seen as much of the happier than ever stuff. All the Good Girls Go to Hell is like a phenomenal music video. That's just like, and, and that again, is sort of just like being brave enough to just commit really hard to one thing yeah. and sort of, instead of like smash cuts like every bar. And it's just like basically two really long shots of her with like angel wings covered in oil, just like walking down a street. Weird. Single shot videos or like long take yeah. videos. Have you ever seen Mr. Crinkle by Primus? I have not, no. It is this incredible music video where it's like this, a single shot of this warehouse and there's this guy, presumably Les Claypool, in a pig mask playing an upright bass. And then on the single shot, just like in the background, circuses go through, like a man on fire walks by. Yeah. It, 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 and it's all done in a single take. A again, sort of just in that, in that music video of just that like approach yeah. of just like, let's just do something surreal and fantastic that you could not see yeah. in anything else. Yeah. And like that, that I think is probably the central thesis of this episode from both of us. Yeah. If I'm interpreting you correctly, it's just like for me personally, and this is a personal taste thing to an extent, the best music videos are just the most visually stunning ones. Yeah. Yeah. Almost across the board. Yeah. The ones that you look at and go like, dang, that's cool. And like, it's ones that are, you know, there's, there's a lot of other approaches and there are always going to be good ones in all of those approaches. But like, for me, the ones that always stand out when I think like really cool music videos are the ones that are just take so much advantage because like a lot of the sort of emotional and narrative lift is being done by the song already. Yeah. And so the point of having a music video is video. Yeah. Being bold and innovative and clever with visuals is just, yeah. I think often even the sort of narrative ones that work, of the narrative ones that work, the ones that work best work well because they're doing narrative in a really interesting way. Like Take On Me yeah. has a narrative, 
you know? Yeah. But it's it's the story isn't why you're there, right? You're there because it is. No, t- Take On Me has such an aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. The video. That again, like, only even like sort of ties in with the actual yeah. story of the song even. It's just, again, you just, you have, you have an idea and you do the thing. Yeah. And you just commit really hard to a visual idea and that's, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's as good a place as any to leave it. Thanks for listening. Watch more music videos. Yeah. Or watch less music videos. Make more music videos. Watch less bad music videos and watch more good music videos. If you're going to make more yeah. music videos, watching music videos is probably a good thing to yes. do. If you're going to make yes. any kind of art, including it's watching a good bad way to ones. consume that art. Like, yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's so important to understand why you don't like things you don't like. Yeah. And as, as just as much as it's important to understand why you like things you do. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's tangential. Point is, music videos. Well, yeah. Thank you for listening. Happy Goes Notes birthday. Yeah. Yeah. To all who celebrate. Us. We're the ones who celebrate. We're Ghost Notes. Yeah. yeah me me and Noah. Yeah. Hey. All right. Bye. Bye.